I'd like to talk about Lord of the Rings and what it means and why it's important for us. And begin with the theme of light in dark places. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. The theme of light is persistent throughout. It reminds us perhaps of the opening of John's Gospel. Light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. And it's a theme that Tolkien returned to over and over throughout his series. And I'd like to share some of that with you today. Now, Tolkien considered fairy tales a means by which man expresses his deepest desires, especially our innate human need for a happy ending to a story. As he concludes his essay about fairy stories, he defines this type of story that ends happily. He calls it a catastrophe, a good catastrophe, literally a good reversal, an overturning of what was otherwise expected. This redemptive moment he calls the sudden joyous turn that offers a sudden miraculous grace. He assures his readers that such a story does not deny the existence of discatastrophe, of sorrow and failure. The possibility of these is necessary to the joy of deliverance, but it denies, in the face of much evidence, if you will, universal final defeat. And insofar is Evangelium, the good news, giving a fleeting glimpse of joy, joy beyond the walls of the world, poignant as grief. He considers the Christ story, then, the most great and complete conceivable eucatastrophe. The birth of Christ is the eucatastrophe of man's history. The resurrection is the eucatastrophe of the story of the incarnation. This story begins and ends in joy. The good news is that just when all seemed lost, at the very moment when everything might have been destroyed and no one left to tell the story, a glorious and joyous turn brought metamorphic grace, transforming and redeeming the world of men. Tolkien explains that stories often end in ways that hold meaning in the story world for those characters in that land. But the eucatastrophic tale speaks beyond its own pages and into our world. He says it is not only a consolation for the sorrow of this world, but a satisfaction and an answer to that question, is it true? But in the eucatastrophe, we see a brief vision that the answer may be greater It may be a far-off gleam or echo of Evangelium in the real world. Stories such as these that Tolkien has in mind, those fairy tales that end happily, the prince transformed, the princess alive and well, the kingdom saved and the people free, these stories reflect a truth that is at once higher and deeper than the voices that speak them. They tell of good news that shines in stars and rumbles in the earth, pointing the way and giving a sign proclaiming that a child is born and the dead are raised. Now, we can see this theme in Tolkien's Middle Earth, this idea of the good catastrophe in the story of the Lord of the Rings, particularly in the two towers, as Theoden and Aragorn muster the Erlingas and ride against the forces of Saruman at Helm's Deep. Refusing to despair and die, the warriors advance against the hordes of Orc and Urukai. As they cleave the darkness with sword and spear, Shafts of sunlight there they are. pierce the sky from the east. It is Gandalf the White, bringing with him the faithful Ermer and the fearsome riders of the Mark. The hosts of Saruman are doomed. There suddenly upon a ridge appeared a rider clad in white, 
Shining in the rising sun, the hosts of Isengard roared, swaying this way and that, turning from fear to fear. The white rider was upon them, and the terror of his coming filled the enemy with madness. The wild men fell on their faces before him. The orcs reeled and screamed and cast aside both sword and spear. Like a black smoke driven by a mounting wind, they fled. Wailing, they passed under the waiting shadow of the trees, and from that shadow... None ever came again. Again, miraculous grace appears suddenly, the white rider bringing light and life to the darkness and despair that had ruled the night. And once more, this happy turn offers hope to a world that had almost believed that goodness could be defeated. Tolkien's conception of all of life as a story is also reflected in the journey of Sam and Frodo, as they make their way toward Mount Doom. Sam speaks of stories and how characters make sense of their situations and choose to live within them. Some seem to know exactly what they're doing, as if predestined to act as they do and overcome as they must. But he says that's not the way of it with the tales that really mattered or the ones that stay in the mind. Folks seem to have just landed in them usually. Their paths laid that way, as you put it. But I expect they had lots of chances, like us, of turning back, only they didn't. And if they had, we shouldn't know, because they'd have been forgotten. We hear about those as just went on, and not all to a good end, mind you, at least not to what folk inside a story and not outside it call a good end. You know, coming home, finding things all right, though not quite the same, like old Mr. Bilbo. The tales that matter are the tales that get remembered. They matter because, as living memory, as vital tradition, they give life to the faith with which an uncertain future must be faced. We hear about those who persevered to the end, whatever the end might be, whatever the cost and consequences. As he considers their seemingly impossible situation, Sam remembers a story that he was raised on, the tale of Baron, and he realizes that that ancient journey continues with each step that he and Frodo take. You may know or guess, he says, what kind of tale it is, happy ending or sad ending, but the people in it don't know, and you don't want them to. Baron now, he never thought he was going to get that Simmel from the Iron Crown and Thangorodrim, and yet he did, and that was a worse place and a blacker danger than ours. But that's a long tale, of course, and it goes on past the happiness and into grief and beyond it. And the Simmeril went on, and it came to Erendil. And why, sir, I never thought of it before, but we've got, you've got, some of the light of that star in the star glass the lady gave you. Why, to think of it, we're in the same tale still. It's still going on. And don't the great tales never end. Sam draws courage from this memory, seeing for himself, then, a path less dark, a danger less threatening. That Simmeril that Baron somehow managed to wield made its way into the very star glass that Galadriel had given them. We hear that story back in the Fellowship of the Ring. As the band of travelers were leaving Lothlorien, and the Lady Galadriel extended the story of Baron by offering Frodo a part in that living legend. She held up a small crystal vial. It glittered as she moved it. And rays of light sprang from her hand. In this file, she said, is caught the light of Arendelle's star set amid the waters of my fountain. It will shine still brighter when night is about you. 
May it be a light to you in dark places when all other lights go out. When Frodo and Sam are later threatened by the hideous Shelob, that light overwhelms the creature and drives it away. Then holding the star aloft and the bright sword advanced, Frodo, hobbit of the Shire, walked steadily down to meet the eyes. They wavered. Doubt came into them as the light approached, and one by one they dimmed, and slowly they drew back. No brightness so deadly had ever afflicted them before. From sun and moon and star, they'd been safe underground, but now a star had descended into the very earth. One by one, they all went dark. She turned away. They were gone. Like some sort of divine gift, as in a visitation or incarnation of pure power, heavenly light has come down to earth, born by a simple hobbit. And so the ancient story lives on in this hour of need and moment of grace. Later, Sam must rescue his master from the Shelob's grasp. As if his indomitable spirit had set its potency in motion, the glass blazed suddenly like a white torch in his hand. It flamed like a star that, leaping from the firmament, sears the dark air with intolerable light. No such terror out of heaven had ever burned in Shelob's face before. The beams of it entered into her wounded head and scored it with unbearable pain, and the dreadful infection of light spread from eye to eye. She fell back, beating the air with her forelegs, her sight blasted by inner lightnings, her mind in agony. Then turning her maimed head away, she rolled aside and began to crawl, claw by claw, towards the opening in the dark cliff behind. The same light that Baron once bore saves them now. The story that has lived in Sam's memory continues, and he doesn't just know it or share it. He shares in it, playing a role and determining in part how it will go. Now, as Sam and Frodo wend their way through the dark and forbidding realm of Mordor, Sam finds once more the inspiration he needs in the light of the heavens. Sam saw a white star twinkle for a while. The beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out of the forsaken land, and hope returned to him. For like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end, the shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. Even darkness must pass. The shadows of this life, even the most terrible ones that seem to have power and volition to spread and consume, they are small and passing compared to the eternal light represented in the evening star, far above the stench and sorrow of Mordor. The reign of Sauron stops far short of that high beauty. After Frodo and Sam take the ring to the fires of Mount Doom, and with the intervention of Gollum, the one ring that would rule them all is finally destroyed, and the effect is immediate and devastating upon the dominion of Sauron. But the Nazgul turned and fled and vanished into Mordor's shadows, hearing a sudden terrible call out of the dark tower, and even at that moment all the hosts of Mordor trembled, doubt clutched their hearts, their laughter failed, their hands shook, and their limbs were loosed. The power that drove them on and filled them with hate and fury was wavering 
Its will was removed from them, and now looking in the eyes of their enemies, they saw a deadly light and were afraid. Then all the captains of the West cried aloud, for their hearts were filled with a new hope in the midst of darkness. Once more, Tolkien's story turns on a new catastrophe, a sudden, miraculous grace, and the happy ending consoles because it tells the truth about darkness by telling the truth about the light. The power of the enemy had almost seemed too great. It's reached too far, its insidiousness too deep. Indeed, this evil that had loomed large over the earth would have ruled over it with an awful and merciless tyranny. But in a sudden, joyous turn, its reign is ended. And as the captains gazed south to the land of Mordor, it seemed to them that black against the pall of cloud there rose a huge shape of shadow, impenetrable, lightning-crowned, filling all the sky. Enormous, it reared above the world and stretched out towards them a vast, threatening hand, terrible but impotent. For even as it leaned over them, a great wind took it, and it was all blown away and passed, and then a hush fell. The defeat of Sauron does not deny the existence of discatastrophe, of sorrow and failure, for the possibilities of these was necessary for the joy of this deliverance. In fact, as Frodo stumbles away, wounded, from Weathertop and from the Shelob and from Gollum and with Smeagol dead, along with Boromir and King Theoden, Tolkien shows us the awful price of victory and what it costs to crown the true king. His eucatastrophe comes at great sacrifice, but denies universal final defeat, and insofar is good news, a far-off gleam or echo of gospel truth. Now, the trilogy takes us from Bag End to Mordor and back again, a complete journey that transforms its travelers and redeems the world of men. However, as it comes to a triumphant close, Tolkien's narrative reminds us that even so, the Shire must be cleansed, justice must be done, and much life remains yet to be lived. But Frodo's pain lingers on, with wounds unhealed, and he must leave everything behind, joining Gandalf and Elrond on a final adventure into the West. The gray rain curtain turned all to silver glass and was rolled back, and he beheld white shores and beyond them a far green country under a swift sunrise. Frodo sails on. Sam goes home. The happy ending consoles, for Sam lives within a redeemed world where the hearth fire glows, a feast awaits, and his beloved and his baby embody the joy and hope of a life dearly bought. And he went on, and there was yellow light and fire within, and the evening meal was ready, and he was expected. And Rose drew him in and set him in his chair and put little Eleanor upon his lap. He drew a deep breath. Well, I'm back, he said. You might wonder, why end with Sam? Why, after all the many adventures and battles and heroic sacrifices, why end with fire, food, and family? Well, 
He's a hobbit, after all. Good tilled earth, second breakfast, a little leaf from the south farthing. But it's more than just domestic tranquility or simple pleasure for simple folk. This home and its redeemed future is the last of the happy endings, or perhaps next to last. For it is at once a fulfillment and a promise of rest, love, comfort, and reunion. And he was expected. Good news in his story and a glimmer or echo of good news in our world. As the journey leads us homeward, where all things are ready, and a feast awaits those who are expected at his table. Tolkien's happy ending is a consolation to those who live in a world marked by unrest, hatred, suffering, and loneliness, speaking into the certainty of sorrow that hurts, a promise of joy that lasts. And it was Sam, after all, who had realized along the way what we know to be true about the story of Christ. Why to think of it, we're in the same tale still. It's going on, and don't the great tales never end. As we continue the writing carnival this week, I hope you will enjoy it. I hope you'll get involved in it. I hope you'll attend the movie tonight, and I hope you'll enjoy the reading outside on the mall. Look forward to it, and you are dismissed.